Hi and welcome back to the Hoop Sneakers podcast. My name's Dan and you can find me on social media. You can find me at, at hoops underscore sneakers underscore on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. Um, you can find me by searching Hoop Sneakers on Facebook and YouTube. And you can find the Hoop Sneakers podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to me talk about sneakers um, and basketball on the Hoop Sneakers pod, and it is greatly appreciated. Um, so if you'd like to um, send me some feedback or let me know your thoughts on the show, you can do so. Probably the best and easiest way to do so would be, to be by DMing me on Instagram, or you can always shoot me an inbox message on uh, to my Hoop Sneakers Facebook page. And without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. Today's episode is going to have a slightly somber note. As we uh, react to the news of Kobe Bryant's um, passing in a tragic helicopter crash along with his um, daughter Gigi, we'll talk about the reactions and the uh, outpouring of um, love and support for both uh, Kobe and his um, surviving family. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about um, what Kobe Bryant meant to the game of basketball um, in the NBA and, and in addition to Kobe Bryant's impact on the world of performance basketball sneakers and my own personal perspective as I ultimately became a fan of him. And then from there, I think we'll pivot to um, my personal relationship I've had um, watching Kobe Bryant um, over the years um, as an NBA fan in the near future and beyond. Um, so that that's sort of what we'll, we'll touch on today. Like I said, it's going to be a slightly um, more somber episode, um, you know, uh, a little bit sadder than usual. I don't know if you can tell in my voice. Um, obviously, um, I'm not as up and about as I normally would be for a pod. Um, this news has hit me pretty hard um, and probably harder than I thought. Um, pretty, you know, sort of upset about um, losing one of the greatest players to ever play the game, NBA basketball. And um, even though I wasn't his like most hugest fan, I, I didn't have um, his jerseys or I didn't have his entire sneaker collection or anything like that. It's still um, it's still uh, pretty tough to hear the news, and I can only imagine what um, his wife Vanessa and um, his other daughters are going through at this time. Um, but I did want to jump on and, and record. Um, I've, I've put some stuff out on my Instagram as well. Um, I've done a few posts over there um, just in regards to the, the Kobe sneakers I own. Um, having a look through... Um, the Kobe 4 through 11, which I believe are probably his most um, influential and recognizable sort of period of sneakers there across that time. And um, I also put a post up and then I think and we'll move on to um, not only my relationship with Kobe Bryant as the person and the NBA basketball player and then um, in retirement as an analyst and a as a, as a youth coach. From there, I'll just talk about um, the experiences I've had with Kobe Bryant's sneaker line, and I'll just talk about my thoughts um, about the Kobe Bryant line um, of sneakers currently. As it, with my, um, just with a with one of my Kobe fives just outside the house, um, with the hashtag kicks out for Kobe. Um, if that's just a small little token uh, of. Uh, respect, admiration and appreciation that you might want to do um, so you can just um, take a pair of your Kobe's or even just a pair of hoop shoes moved into the Kobe AD series and what I think 
um, the Kobe Bryant basketball uh, line could look like. If you want to snap a pic and put it up on social media and just use the hashtag kicks out for Kobe, um, I thought that would be a cool little thing that maybe we could get going. Um, so if you would like to do that, then of course, feel free to go ahead and do so. But from here, I'll do my best to transition to the rest of the episode and I hope you'll stick with me. So I'll catch you on the you guys on the other side. On January 26, 2020, the helicopter that was carrying, among other passengers, Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gigi, crashed in Calabasas, California at around 10 a.m. The outpouring of tributes for Kobe Bryant was uh, immediate and overwhelming, um, with the news quickly spreading across uh, the internet and social media, and even all the way over here to Australia. Um, Kobe Bryant um, is arguably one of the best and greatest players to ever play the game NBA basketball. Uh, He was a five-time NBA champion, an 18-time All-Star. He made All-NBA selection 15 times and All-Defense team selection 12 times. He was a one-time MVP in 2008. Uh, He was a two-times final MVP in the Los Angeles uh, Lakers championships of 2009 and 2010. Um, and he's the fourth uh, leading scorer all-time in the history of NBA, um, being passed just yesterday by current Los Angeles Laker LeBron James. Um, my NBA fandom really began uh, around 2007 to 2008, so right around the time that Kobe Bryant was probably probably really in his prime, and especially scoring prime, um, or not, not too long after he scored... Uh, Contemporary uh, modern-day NBA record of 81 points uh, in the 2005-06 season against the Toronto Raptors um, during Kobe's prime um, and in the era of the Los Angeles Lakers with Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom and Andrew Bynum when they were winning championships. Um, I was not the biggest fan of Kobe Bryant, to be honest, um, and there, there would be people um, that knew me back then when I was a little bit younger, that might have even considered me a Kobe hater. I really like to harp on the statistics that showed that, you know, Kobe um, didn't pass the basketball, wasn't a great passer, and um, that he was a ball hog, and um, that he just liked to score, and um, things of that nature. Um, But of course, uh, I grew older, and I matured more, and I think so did Kobe. Um, And as his career wound on, um, as he became... um, more of a supportive piece to a team and and as his game uh, developed even more um, I think that I went from being what you might consider a Kobe hater to somebody who respected immensely and admired what Kobe was able to achieve and accomplish on the basketball court Um, just the 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 drive of his to to compete uh, his competitive nature and, and the drive of his to become even better at his craft and at basketball was something that was um, not only f- for me personally to be admired, but I think is inspirational. And I think it goes without saying that Kobe Bryant inspired um, just a sheer number of people in the world to uh, pick up a basketball um, and to start playing um, the great game of basketball. Um, so that's that's my thoughts on what Kobe's legacy might be. Um, then going from respect and admiration in... Uh, in the latter part of his playing career, uh, as he transitioned into retirement, I even grew to uh, really enjoy and love what Kobe was about. Um, 
you know, as someone who uh, analysed the game, his web series detail where he broke down and analysed um, modern day and contemporary uh, NBA stars and the way they play their games um, was something that I really enjoyed watching and really made me appreciate just his sheer basketball IQ and his attention to detail and the meticulous nature in which he saw the game of basketball. Um, and it was also really heartwarming to see the way that he embraced um, his daughter Gigi um, and her aspirations to play basketball, um, the way he embraced coaching her and um, her youth basketball team um, was uh, was really just lovely to see. It was really heartwarming to see him embrace. Um, of course, any father's going to love his daughter and embrace her passions and what she wants to do. But considering it was basketball that she that she um, that that she enjoyed and loved playing as well, um, and just that those two could have that that shared interest and to see. Uh, him at games with her, um, whether it was courtside, um, to see her on the sideline of her games, um, and to see that just the photos of him and the team, it just really makes you appreciate um, the sort of man that Kobe um, ended up um, growing into being. Um, obviously, from his earlier days um, as a you know you know an upstart coming into the NBA from high school, um, the championships with Shaquille O'Neal and the unfortunate um, off-court controversies and allegations that he suffered through the early part of the 2000s um, to see what he became in um, in the early and, and or, or not just the early, but then the mid to late part of the 2010s too was just a testament and, and a tribute to the way that he went about his life and the way that he conducted himself. Not only did Kobe obviously have a massive impact on NBA basketball and just the sport of basketball in general, but... The impact that Kobe Bryant and Nike basketball had on the performance basketball sneaker landscape and basketball sneakers in general um, is is pretty remarkable. I tend to attribute the prevalence uh, currently nowadays of low top basketball sneakers. I attribute that to the the Kobe basketball line, uh, the Nike Kobe line of sneakers, um, and especially the Kobe Four, which just last year was protroed. Um, and we can talk a little bit later on about what a Protro actually is, but the Kobe 4 um, was the first uh, sneaker in Kobe's Nike signature line that was released as a low top, and it was born out of Kobe Bryant's desire for the lowest and lightest basketball shoe that they could make, they being Nike Basketball and uh, the designer of the Kobe line, Eric Avar. Um so the Kobe 4, the Zoom Kobe 4 set its sights on soccer uh, for a new generation of low-cut basketball sneakers. Um, so soccer or football um, is a sport that Kobe uh, played a lot growing up and it's often uh, something that he would credit for his, uh, for his just outstanding and tremendous footwork that he displayed on the basketball court. Um, so an inspiration was taken for the Zoom Kobe 4 from... Uh, like a soccer cleat and you know or a football boot and how they're often a low cut but they still offer that athlete support um, in terms of like they're moving around the pitch or the field and making those quick cuts and stop on a dime movements um, and then so the the team at Nike Basketball and Eric Avar um, took inspiration from from those from that sort of performance footwear and then brought it over to the to the hardwood and into the basketball space and then from there we've had you know, over 10 years now of uh, companies releasing low-top basketball sneakers that 
as I as I talked about or spoke to in the last episode of the Hoop Sneakers pod, can be just as supportive um, and offer just the same amount of lockdown and containment as a high-top basketball sneaker. So that's where Kobe Bryant and Nike's impact on performance basketball lies is the just the popularity and the prevalence um, and the acceptance of a low-top basketball sneaker as compared to a high-top, which was the more the norm and more common leading up um, to that point in time. We'll take a quick break here, and on the other side of this, um, I'll just talk to my relationship with Kobe Bryant sneakers and the Kobe Bryant Nike signature line. Not long after I started following NBA basketball in about 2007-2008, I started to really get into performance basketball sneakers. Um, So it was about a year or so later um, where I sort of started to go online um, and purchase, you know, what I considered to be really high-quality basketball shoes, um, you know, from Nike and other brands. And so one of the earliest um, top-line performance basketball sneakers that I bought was um, the Kobe 5. Um, I, I saw them on eastbay.com, um, the Kobe 5, um, and the, the colorway that grabbed my, my attention was um, the draft days, which are... Uh, predominantly white build, um, and they are they tribute um, the the Charlotte Hornets, who originally drafted Kobe Bryant, traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers for a package that included starting center Vlade Divac. Um, so the Kobe Five draft days, they're predominantly white build um, with hits of teal blue, um, green, and purple. Um, and so I purchased those. Sneakers, um, you know, to see sneakers coming out in a retro or proto form that, you know, sort of bridge that, that duration that you've been um, purchasing and, and wearing and haven't had an interest in performance basketball sneakers. So, yeah, over 10 years ago now. And, um, you know, I wore them a lot. I really enjoyed that sneaker. I wore them um, predominantly just uh, off court. Um, I, you know, I sometimes wear them to work, wear, just wear them around casually, I wear them to go, you know, walking and um, I wear them to the gym sometimes and I played in them a couple of times, um, but I wore them just a lot and they ended up um, breaking down and, and coming apart, but I really gave them a beating um, and I just really liked wearing that sneaker around. Um, and so, you know, with the Kobe 5 Pro Troing um, just right at the beginning of uh, this calendar year 2020 um, that was sort of that was that was kind of crazy for me um, you know for one just that it had been so long since I purchased the original Kobe 5 and then you know secondly just to see considering that the Kobe 5 was my first Kobe signature sneaker it was very exciting to see that the Kobe 5 was the one that was going to be pro trying um, you know most recently so um, I was heavily considering picking up a pair uh really liking the way they look and now after this news to today i'm it's probably tipped it in the favor of more likely rather than less likely that i will end up getting a pair of the kobe 5 pro tros if there's anyone listening that doesn't know so for those of you that don't know um a a pro tro is a, a term come up uh that that was come up with between nike and kobe bryant and it is what they consider uh, their name for what is a performance retro. 
So what Nike Basketball and Kobe Bryant have been doing over the past uh, two to three years is, uh, and it started with the Zoom Kobe 1, what they do is they take the old silhouette and then they implement new technologies. Um, and so they might update the cushion setup and uh, the foams used, they might add uh, additional Zoom Air, they might tweak the materials and they might um, slightly modify the the outsole tra- the outsole rubber or the traction pattern and what they're aiming to do is they're adding um, or updating so they're adding new technological elements or they're updating the sneaker in small ways that enable it to or allow it to compete with the modern day performance basketball sneakers of today in 2020 um, so that's where the term protro comes from so it's it it's a performance retro after the Kobe 5 um, that I purchased, um, obviously the Kobe 6 or the Zoom Kobe 6 was the next in the line. And although I did like the silhouette, um, I wasn't in love with the material choice or um, the aesthetic of the materials and the pattern that they used. So what they did with the Kobe 6 is they really leaned into the Black Mamba nickname that Kobe Bryant um, had. Um, and they re- they went with a like a snakeskin type print or pattern on the upper and I wasn't a huge fan of that um, and so while I obviously really enjoyed the Kobe 5 um, and I liked the silhouette and the way that the Kobe 6s look I decided to ultimately to pass on that model um, just um, mainly based on my own personal preference of the aesthetic of the upper um, next came the Kobe 7 and the Kobe 7 was a really interesting shoe it was um, where they introduced the Kobe system. Um, so the Kobe 7 came with a couple of different cushion setups that the, uh, the consumer or the, 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 the buyer could customize the shoe to their own preferences. So they started using drop-in midsoles um, on the Kobe 7 and they it came with um, one of the drop-ins had an additional like compression uh, sl- like sock wrap that went up and around the ankle to make it more, more of a high top rather than a low top sneaker. Um, I wasn't really a massive fan of the silhouette of the Kobe 7. Um, I, it was a lot more sort of angular and aggressive than the Kobe 5 and the Kobe 6. So I ended up passing on the 7s. The next was the, uh, the, the Kobe 8, which apart from probably the 5 is probably one of my or almost my favorite silhouette in the Kobe line I really really liked the way the Kobe 8 looked um, aesthetically I liked the silhouette um, I liked the materials and um, they brought out some really great colorways as well um, ultimately um, for me at the time the shoe was just a little bit too expensive and so I ended up passing on that one as well um, and then uh, Probably the Kobe 9 through the Kobe 11. Um, you know, I, I like them probably... Out of those three, I probably like the Kobe 11 the most and then the 10s and then the 9s. Um, but I was at a, a point in my life there with with pl- actually playing basketball and, and, and in terms of what I was doing for work and stuff where I wasn't really um, either in a position to be able to purchase or particularly interested in purchasing those three Kobe models. I really, really, really enjoyed that sneaker. I really liked it a lot. Uh, it's very minimal and lightweight build. But I found, so in the Mentality ones, is the cushion comes from a drop-in um, Lunalon midsole, which Luna 
foam is one of Nike's cushions. There's a drop-in lunar midsole, which I found to be really, really comfortable, um, really soft, um, really plush. And then also the traction on the Kobe Mentality one is one of the, the best tractions I've ever played in. Super sticky, super tacky, super grippy on like all courts. Um, made a really great screeching sound. I know that's not the be-all and end-all of traction, but um, I really like my shoes to have a bit of noise out there on court. Um, and then, as, as I said, from a really minimal um, and lightweight build, they were uh, supportive enough for what I needed. But like I said, the cushion and the traction was outstanding. The materials were what they were, um, but they, they also fit me really well. Um, so, like, overall, considering that I didn't break the bank to buy the Kobe Mentality, I uh, found it to be a really, really awesome sneaker um, and a, one that I really enjoyed wearing and playing in. Um, and so I beat those up pretty bad too. Um, didn't obviously, I didn't uh, continue on with the Mentality line or what became the Mamba Instinct or the Mamba Rage line. Um, and that, that, that line still continues. But I do have some more experiences personally with... Uh, a Kobe Bryant line of of shoes. So I do have a model from the Kobe Phenomenon line, which is one of his like takedown or more budget um, lines of the Kobe sneaker. So uh, the the way the silhouette uh, the, it was designed and built, it, it greatly mimics uh, the main signature line in the fact that it's a low-cut design. It has elements of flywire implemented. Um, it has his uh, Mamba branding and his logo on and everything. Um, so I have the Kobe uh, Phenomenon 4 um, in, a, in a pretty cool like red, yellow and black colorway um, that I played in that sneaker for about a year or so. Um, and they were okay. Um, they were good for what they were. Um, they were really, really durable um, and uh, really supportive. Um, the cushion was kind of meh. Um, they do say they've got zoom, but it was kind of hard to feel it. So I think that the Phylon used in the midsole of the Phenomenon 4 was uh, quite stiff. Um, but as I said, a very the, the material is very durable and supportive. The shoe overall, even for a low top, was very supportive. Um, but another experience I have with Kobe Bryant's basketball line is was the introduction of uh, the Kobe uh, mentality, which again was just another line of sort of takedown or more budget-friendly signature sneakers. Um, but I really like the way they look. Once again, they're a low-top sneaker and they're designed to mimic um, or look like the main signature line. So I've got the Kobe Mentality 1. But yeah, from the Mentality 1, the Mentality 2, and then um, the Mamba Rage and the Mamba Instinct, that line went through uh, a few uh, iterations um, and offered what I consider to be really good performance at the price point that you paid for. Um, so it was really good that throughout um, Kobe's line, of signatures when he was playing with Nike, he had the main sig, but then he was able, then Nike and him were also able to offer some takedown budget models for for those people that probably weren't in as much of a position to be paying for the main signature sneaker, but they could still get um, the great performance attributes um, of his main sig in a, in a more budget friendly model. Um, so that's something that's really positive coming from Nike Basketball and Kobe Bryant. Um, and yeah, so they're the they're the main three. So the Kobe Five. Um, the Kobe Phenomenon 4 and the Kobe Mentality 1. They're the three Kobe sneakers that I've played in a lot. Um, and as I said, overall, really enjoyed my experience playing those shoes. I think they're really good performers. Um, and, you know, you got exactly what you paid for. Um, so, like, I consider them all to be pretty bang for your buck. So, 
that's just my thoughts there. Um, but we'll, we'll leave that one there um, and we'll just take a quick break here and, and then we'll go on to um, just some of my own thoughts about the the Kobe Bryant signature line um, after his retirement and going into the future. So as I said, we'll take a quick break uh, and I'll catch you on the other side. To finish up today's episode, I've definitely got some thoughts about around the naming conventions of Kobe Bryant's signature sneaker line after his retirement um, and the way that Nike Basketball has decided to name these sneakers. So after the Kobe 11, Kobe Bryant's retirement from the NBA, the next sneaker in Kobe Bryant's signature line that Nike released was called the Kobe AD, which is fine. So we've ditched the numbering system and we've gone with, you know, AD to signify that Kobe Bryant has now retired from the NBA. His sneaker line lives on, but he won't be actively playing in that signature sneaker line. That's fine. I can live with the ditching the numbers. Okay, that's fine. But what has really got me frustrated in the years after Kobe retired and Nike continued to release a signature sneaker is that they have the Kobe AD and then the, they released the Kobe AD NXT and then they released the Kobe AD so a second sneaker called the Kobe AD, which consumers and as fans and as wearers of the shoe, we nicknamed the Kobe AD Mid. So if I say the AD Mid, you guys might know what I'm talking about. It's a more mid, mid-cut mid silhouette um, with that um, sort of imitation suede felt-like material. You guys, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. So we had the Kobe AD Mid. And then we had the Kobe AD NXT 360. So this is where the names start to get a bit ridiculous. So the Kobe AD NXT 360 was a, uh, sh- a extremely lightweight shoe with a drop-in React and Luna midsole um, that w- utilized what Nike called their 360-degree fly-knit technology. So the entire upper was constructed out of one piece of material. It was wrapped around. It went, um, it went uh, on top of the outsole so it wrapped all the way around your foot and then nike released the kobe ad again so we had a third kobe ad sneaker which um, was reported um, by some outlets and advertised by some retailers as the kobe ad exodus so if i say that you guys probably know what i'm talking about the sneaker that um, a lot of guys in the nba wore um, before uh, nike started doing pro tros so it was extremely popular amongst NBA players. Um, so we had a third Kobe AD model. And then the latest, I mean, I know we had a Kobe 7 Elite, Kobe 8 Elite, Kobe 9 Elite, Kobe 10 Elite, Kobe 11 Elite. We could have just continued that um, at, considering that the, the Kobe ADs generally utilize either fly knit or the latest technology. That could just be the Elite model. So, you know, for mine, if I'm um, thinking about this and I'm a part of Nike basketball and I'm... Um, naming these shoes to put them out to the consumer just to minimize and avoid as much confusion as possible. I would have just called the Kobe, the original Kobe AD NXT. That could have been the Kobe 12 Elite, Kobe Bryant's signature sneaker um, that has been released was the Kobe AD NXT FF. And FF stood for Fast Fit, which utilized the um, lacing system, the laceless technology that was introduced in the Jordan 33, um, which is... 
you know, a Kobe sneaker that a few guys around the league wear. Um, I know that Gary Trent Jr. from the Portland Trailblazers, OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors, and Josh Hart of the New Orleans Pelicans, they wear the Kobe AD NXT Fast Fit. Um, but what really frustrates me is if we were going, you can't just drop the numbering system for releasing signature sneakers and have three different sneakers called the Kobe AD. So what needed to happen here was either they just needed to call the first Kobe AD the Kobe 12 and then the next Kobe AD just the Kobe 13 and then the next Kobe AD the Kobe 14 or they could have gone the Kobe AD 1, the Kobe AD 2, the Kobe AD 3, at least give them a number that is easy to to be able to identify and distinguish which sneaker is which. And then as for the NXT models, they could have just been called Elites, really. I mean, and then the Kobe AD NXT 360, that could have been the Kobe 13 Elite and the Kobe uh, AD NXT FF, that could have just been the Kobe 14 Elite. But I mean, that's just me and that's just my thoughts. Um, I, I just feel like the, the the nomenclature and the naming of these of this line of Kobe AD sneakers in his retirement is just getting longer and more cumbersome. And I think we what we should be doing is aiming to, to cut that down and make it um, easier for the consumer to identify sneakers rather than more difficult. And yeah, just a final thought touching on just Kobe Bryant's uh, signature sneaker line with Nike and just Kobe Bryant sneakers in general. I've always thought, and this is just a personal thought of mine, and I've, there's no basis behind it, but I've always thought that eventually Kobe's could become a brand in almost in much the same way that Jordan brand became, or Michael Jordan's sneakers became a brand of their own. I thought Kobe Bryant was um, that mu- that popular and that much of a star, um, and his sneakers have that much of a following within both the NBA and um, the general um, member of the public and the general consumer that eventually... Kobe sneakers could become a brand of their own. They've got a really distinguishable, identifiable, cool logo. And I, I, I almost think Nike could, you know, now that um, well, not only Kobe Bryant's retirement, but now he's passing, that they could break that away from uh, the, the swoosh and they could, you know, Kobe's could be their own brand. Of course, they would still have that Nike branding and still fall under their umbrella. But that's something that I've always thought was, uh, uh, had high potential of happening was that Kobe sneakers became a brand of their own. But, of course, that's just my thoughts, and I'd love to know yours. Um, so, like I said in the intro, you know, if you have any thoughts on that, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at hoops underscore sneakers underscore um, or send me a message through my Facebook page. Um, but they're probably my final thoughts on this episode, um, which was all about Kobe Bryant. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll take a quick breather, and then I'll uh, I will finish up this episode for today. Giving me feedback on the pod is something that is greatly appreciated. And if you take the time to write it, I'll take the time to read it. Um, I'll make sure to do so. So as I've said throughout the episode and back up top in the intro, uh, DM me on Instagram at hoops underscore sneakers underscore or sending me an inbox message to my hoops sneakers Facebook page is probably the best ways to get in touch with me. Um, as I said, up the top at the top of the show as well. If you want to check me out on social media, at hoops underscore sneakers underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, find me by searching hoops sneakers on Facebook and YouTube. 
And as I said, um, subscribing to the episode on your favorite podcast provider is a great way to support me in the show. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod. Um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you can get your podcast. I and mean, with all that out of the way, I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks.